Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of No Country for Old Mark and Wine. I am your host, Mark Pearson. Uh, before we get into the show and episode one here, I want to give you a quick heads up. The first 20 or so episodes, Juan and I were really finding our feet in podcasting. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I recommend that you start out with the later episodes, such as episode number 26, Money Dog with guest Sandra D., or uh, episode number 35, The Story of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 with guest Adam Radliff. You will get a better idea of what this podcast has become as Juan and I have worked very hard to improve it. I still encourage you to listen to all of the episodes at some point because there is a lot of laughs and some recurring jokes along the way, and you will get to know Juan and I better as individuals as who we are, and we intend this to make you feel, hopefully, like you're part of our friends or family. So... Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if it's your first time, go look up one of the later ones just to get your feet wet so you know what it's become. And if you've listened to those, welcome back. And here it is from the beginning, starting now with episode number one. On this episode, I come out to the scariest and then turned out to be the funniest thing I've ever seen, which was right next to my car rolls up this black Escalade, black tinted out, right? Yeah. And it's full of, like, cholo gangsters. Yeah. Right? Tatted necks, tatted heads. You know, serious, serious gangsters. Yeah. And they're all playing. But the funny part was, as they open up the Escalade, they're playing, like, this fiesta Mexican music. Yeah. Like, it's a big party. Yeah. Like, and, like, so, me, they see my wife, Jazz, who's half Mexican. Supposedly, I don't know what she is. She's a mutt, but she's a cute mutt. And they start like talking, start talking to her and shit, right? So I come out. There's like five guys around my car, all obviously gang members. Yeah, you know. And I'm just like, oh shit, I don't want to get my ass kicked today. I just got a subway, <laughs> right? I'm like, damn it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of No Country for Old Mark and Juan. I'm Mark Pearson, your host, and this is my ho- co-host, Juan Smith. Nice to nice to meet you. Yes. Virtually, that is. Yes. We don't know if you would actually want to meet us in person quite yet. You might want to take a few episodes to listen to us, decide that if, you know, whether or not we're the type of individuals you would want to meet. I think some of you might want to meet me. Um, Juan seems to think he's job of the hut, but you know I still have to see that to believe. Yeah, it. You, you, you might want to rely on the commentary before you <laughs> you expose the girth to the to the national public. <laughs> That's why I got this really wide monitor. <laughs> I'm the one with the wide monitor. I need to be able to see you. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> this first step <laughs> took you. A I'm a little slow. It took, it took me. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm I just say it slows me down. I, <laughs> yeah. You just say thereby compounding the problem. Well, there's a lot of cheese. <laughs> it tends so to like, slow things down. The cheese just went straight to your sinuses, didn't it? Yeah, and everywhere else. <laughs> anyway, anyway, go um, ahead. <laughs> this podcast, basically, the theme of this podcast is. Life is rough, but it can still be funny. Both Juan and I have been through some pretty crazy stuff, some pretty tough stuff, but 
we try to laugh through it all. We try and be optimistic as we can. Uh, we'll get into some of our thoughts and opinions on things, but we tend to just look at the humor and everything. Sometimes it may be more serious. Sometimes it's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, and sometimes it's probably just going to be downright ridiculous with absolutely no filter whatsoever. Because as I, I met Juan like 13 years ago, and actually 14 years ago, and I very quickly really? learned. Yeah, I very quickly learned you have no filter. I remember we were at Chris's house. You were sitting on the couch and I had like seen you before, but like we were sitting there and you were like, hey, legitimately, you were like super manic that day. You were like, hey, I'm Juan and I'm crazy. <laughs> I was like, this dude's pretty cool. There's a lot of honesty there in, in crazy land. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Once you're labeled, you're labeled. So it's kind of a free for all after that. But I didn't know it had been that many years. Wow. Yeah, it was. No, it, yeah, it was, yeah, because we, well, we met, Juan and I met, actually, my brother and, my brother Luke, and then Juan and I became all really good friends after uh, my mom and my brother's first wife were killed in the car accident, and I met you a few months before that, and the accident was- Sorry like, replacement, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real sorry. <laughs> yeah, try but, and replace uh, two amazing women, women with Juan. It was a tough go there for a little bit. By weight, we were good. <laughs> well i don't know like i mean it depended like you fluctuated there for a while so sometimes it was the same oh god <laughs> uh i remember when <laughs> you got you win your soccer shirt phase and <laughs> you bought one and you were like i swear this should fit <laughs> you know here's the thing uh that you should know if you're ever really listening is that I really have no short-term memory. So <laughs> when people start telling stories, they're like, line stories, I get nervous. Because <laughs> I have no idea what I said or did, and I can't refute it because I don't remember. <laughs> so you literally could probably say I said anything, and I'd be like, yeah, I probably said anything. <laughs> True. But the th for the sake of this, like, I'm not going to make up stuff. Like, I'm only going to keep things real because the real stuff has been so funny and hilarious as it is like there's no need to make it up really no I, and I, I think as a general rule everybody has stories things that happen in their lives that they can relate to everyone's had a crazy moment or or in my case many but i mean there's there's a thing that you can connect with anybody almost on any level about something that is relatable you know so yeah that's that's definitely for sure it may not be like the same thing but it, there's typically something in there where you're like oh yeah this similar thing happened and you know i mean i'd like you have a twin sister i don't have a twin i have a brother but my brother never curb curb stomped a bully at school and your twin did that for you which was a, a hilarious story yeah yeah she's a she's a tough one my sister little <laughs> but... little but tough like you don't mess with pat no no my sister is a she's about as real as they come She's good yeah. people, though. Good people. She's really nice nose. Looks just like mine. So. <laughs> that's where it ends because we're fraternal. Obviously, we're not identical because, God, that'd be awful. That'd be awful for her. Exactly. She'd never get laid. <laughs> She's been married for like 22 years. It's a wrap. Speaking of, <laughs> Speaking of that, like <laughs> many years ago, when we came back to Michigan after we moved back to California, and it was like Valentine's Day, and Joel 
and I and you and I think Amanda was there and we were all staying at Pat and uh Pat and John's trailer and we were up to like two or three or whatever and for some reason it was like Valentine's Day night and John we call him Mixmaster JC it's a long story that's he's, my brother-in-law that's his brother-in-law he's a, an electrical engineer he's like the nerdiest dude you'll ever think of but he really loves hip-hop and rap and he's super into it so we just call him Mixmaster JC because yeah and he can rap too like he's like the guy in office space riding in the car where he's just going <laughs> to it yeah and then is. the guy is walking down the street he's rolling the windows up that's literally him so that's... if you need a a picture of what it's like let's that, literally child cook in a nutshell that's that is him but he can't spit some bars <laughs> he can't uh, i was he came over one day and he like pulled out his he pulled out like a cd and he started rapping along with it and i was like who are you where did this come from and you know what's crazy this guy can b-ball like just crazy <laughs> yeah like it's like those videos you see where like the nerd takes on the nba player like <laughs> this guy can ball man it's crazy yeah, it's like you're so white, but you're so athletic. <laughs> he's he's definite. He definitely will surprise you. Like if like you just you, I got to know him, and then like I started learning more about him, and I was like, there is so much more to you than like I originally thought. And it was like you are like a legit dude. But anyways, for the sake of getting not getting too far off track, it was Valentine's Day, and. <laughs> I'm so nervous right now. I, I, no, you no, have no, no. no this, idea. This has nothing okay. to do. Okay, this sort of has something to do with you, but it has a lot oh, to do good. with Oh, good. Sort of good. So it was like we were all like crashing around this house. I was on the worst like um, like pull-out sofa bed like you can imagine. It was terrible, but I didn't care. Like we're on vacation having fun with our friends. So I'm on that. Like Luke and Joel are on the floor, and Amanda's on a couch somewhere, and Juan was like, that sounds a little sketchy, but you might. They're, they're family, all right? Yeah. Juan it's was not like, an incestuous thing. No, we, just, we all just like kind of crashed around the house. Like we would like stay up late playing Farkle and card games until we all couldn't take it anymore. Just basically fell asleep wherever we felt like it. And uh, like at like Juan, oh no, no. John got home from work. He like worked till like 10 30 or 11 o'clock at night. And he got home. And we were like, hey, Mixmaster JC, how you doing? He's like, hey, guys. Like, I can't do his voice really well, but it's, it's a stereotypical, like, nerdy white man voice. And he's like, hey. And he does the short, hand tight together wave yeah. with the fingers tight together with the <laughs> yeah. little short little back and forth, <laughs> yep. like a bobblehead. <laughs> yeah, he does. And so he's like, hey, guys. And we're like, how's it going? How was your Valentine's Day? He's like, hey, hey, I had to work. And we're like, yeah, no kidding. So he like goes back into his bedroom in the back of the trailer. Pat was already in there. At, I'm not kidding you. At like 5 in the morning, Pat comes and wakes me up. And she was like, hey, do you mind if I sleep next to you? And I was like, I was so tired. I was like, uh, no. I was just like, this is really weird. So she just lays down, falls asleep. And then we like wake up the next day, John's back at work, and then Juan wakes up and he goes, Pat, Pat, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, well, me and John got into it. And you go, what? It was Valentine's Day. You didn't get any nookie surprise? And she just like went off on you. It sounded like she planned it, but it didn't pan out. <laughs> I realized her sister was such a hoe. <laughs> 
<laughs> and one can and, only hope. <laughs> and all of us were like, "This is not something we want to be hearing about right now." Oh, that story has always stuck with me because that was one of the "shut up, Juan" moments, and you just kept egging her on, which I truly. I, Any- I try. I try not to to piss my sister off. It's just so easy. I I usually it's yeah. I've seen you do it. I've I've added to it sometimes by telling her to take her Tourette's medication while she's swearing at me and yelling at me. <laughs> but I've tried to get better about that. The last few times I was around, I was like, I don't need to like make an enemy of Pat. Like, <laughs> like we're all family essentially. <laughs> like, let's be nice to each other. But yeah, and that's a, that's how it is. You know, it's like uh, which goes in line with what we're doing because you know. At any point, life can take a drastic change. You every day, honestly, is a gift, man. You know, yeah. and you really have to live it that way. I, I mean, I know a lot of people get wrapped up in the plans of life and the, and the always, you know, trying to live for that future, like comfort and stability. And when you get to be my age, which is I'm now 47, I believe. Shit, I don't know, somewhere <laughs> around there. Uh, you're you're 10 years older than me, I, so that sounds uh, yeah, about I have, right. Oh, is it? Okay, so yeah, I haven't cared about how old I am since I was like 12. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, no matter what life throws, you know, you always have to realize you still have to live in the moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you can't always just be living for the future. All, you know, I mean, life is about balance. True. But the, but the most fun times in life are the imbalance <laughs> it's it's very true like when that totter hits bottom and your butt hits and you go oh that's where i'm at okay. i'm gonna look for a silver lining i'm gonna pick the sliver out of my ass first, there's gotta be something positive <laughs> and there usually is like like i mean for example like i met you a few months later like my whole life was turned upside down my mom was killed my brother same day my brother's wife she was pregnant they were both killed in the same car accident and like the toll that took on like me and my brother and my father personally was it's like unexplainable. You can't explain it. Like one thing that really gets under my skin is when I share that with people and they say, oh, I know just how you feel. And I'm like, oh, you Ooh. lost somebody, too. And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, no, then you don't know how I feel. And, and I appreciate when people are trying to be sympathetic. But when people continue to act like oh, I know what you mean. I'm like, no, you don't know what I mean. And I don't want you to understand it. Like, I really don't. Like, no one should have to go through that. I don't want anyone else to experience that. Like, Yeah, that, that's like trying to say you understand being homeless. Yeah. You know, I've been homeless before. And uh, unless you've actually been in the situation like that, you have no idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, in reality... Even not just extremes, but even in normal daily life, people, we might try and empathize with people or sympathize with them, but you really never really know what people are going through. And honestly, let's be real, everybody has a struggle, a oh, private yeah. demon, something that yeah. they deal with. You know, and that's why in my life, although there's been a lots of struggle and fight, <laughs> I mean, most of it's my fault. <laughs> but I mean, but what I'm saying is that you always need to try and, you know, uh, look for the positives, look for a future, look for, you know, and if you're, you know, like me and you're getting, you know, sketchy and you're like, oh, sh- is today the heart attack? Like, like every time I get a cramp, I'm like, is this it? You know, you start realizing what's really important and what's really important is living your life, yeah. not just 
you know, going day to day and letting your life control you. You know what I mean? It's very easy to, when you are getting established, you go through school, you get your jobs, you're working on your, your progression of your, you know, your, your life goal, whatever you're trying to do with your, you know, job or, or your career or even in your relationships, you know, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in the big processes of things and just skip all the little things. And the little things are what's funny. Yeah. You oh, know? Yeah. The little things I mean, are the, the little things are the, also the things that are like worth living for most of the time. Like most of like my, my favorite moments in life, the moments that stick out the most are like the silly things or just like the innocuous things that most people would think are unimportant, like running to Buffalo Wild Wings at two in the morning with you guys and Joel, you know, or like the fun little dumb things that people do, you know, like sometimes it's even as simple as like going grocery shopping before John's wedding. And we like, and like, you're, you're like, someone's like, Hey, strike a pose. And we all strike a pose. And we're like, Hey, that's a really good picture. You know, like, there's I took that picture. Yeah. Man. Oh, you did. Okay. I thought you were in that picture. Yeah. Oh, it was no, Joel. No, took the picture. It was Joel. That's why it was a good picture. <laughs> Dude, let's be real. Okay. Here's the deal. You can't see us right now, but I'm 5'2, right? And I am not a slim 5'2. So I have all my younger friends, you know, who t- average to be 10 to 15 years younger than me because they're the only people crazy enough to deal with me. But. Uh, so I, I would just like told everyone like recently, a couple of years ago, like I'm done with weddings because they would have these wedding photos and they have all these young, tall, six foot four guys. And then they would always, you know, like put me on the end. There'd be an extreme drop like, <laughs> yeah. from that second guy down to like, Oh, you have a Mexican, okay. <laughs> like, you know? And then they would always, I would always get paired up with the ugliest bridesmaid. <laughs> it was just. They're like, well, you got to walk with a fat guy, like, you know, but of course you already had some low self-esteem. So, you know, I had a shot, but, but yeah, that's why I don't do the, well, I, I, I even told Joel, like when he got, like, I'm not, I'm not in this shit. I'm not, I'm not going up front, man. <laughs> what was funny was when Luke got buried. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, that was pretty much for prime example. <laughs> it, was, that. it was exactly what happened at like the last minute. Um, Joel couldn't make it, and Joel was one of the groomsmen. So Luke was like, I'm going to have to pick somebody else to put it in. So he gets my cousin Matthew, and Matthew's like 5'10. And Juan's sitting there, and Juan's like, Damn it, it's another tall guy. <laughs> you know, and he's fat. This is not even fair, man. <laughs> How can you be tall and fat? I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind being fat if I was like, you know, like, like Biggie fat. Yeah. Like, we were like so big. It's like, oh, he's cool. Like, no, I, I'm more like a troll, like under a bridge. Like, you throw me a couple quarters. I let you pass. <laughs> I, I probably have real estate in the swamp next to fucking <laughs> Shrek. Like, Shrek, get off my, my shit now. Tell Fiona to stop feeding her family. <laughs> Shut them kids up. <laughs> that's, but you know what? See, and that's the thing. It's like the, that's what's funny about. Listen, you guys got to be real about yourself. Oh Don't, yeah. People get so offended about everything. Yeah. Look, when someone's like, "Damn, you're fat," I'm like, kind of news, news you've been watching. That's that's the most obvious thing in the world. But what about beyond that? You know? Yeah. And that's why I don't let stuff like that offend me. I don't. 
I really could give a rip what other people think. <laughs> I mean, not not like egotistically, like I really don't care. It's just everybody lives their life in a different way and has different experiences and different things. And people are going to have different opinions than you. They're going to have different beliefs than you. Yeah, and that's some of them are going to be idiots. <laughs> and that's funny. Sometimes and those people gonna, are great. Sometimes they're going to be idiots, and sometimes we're going to be the idiots. Like everybody does something like totally dumb every once in a while. Because yeah. I have friends who are extremely intelligent, very well educated. Uh, my one friend Joel, we were talking about, has a, a master's degree in political philosophy, and now is on a full ride scholarship to U of M at, uh, law school. So he's quite intelligent, right? Yeah. So I would read sometimes his stuff from college, and I was like, I don't even, I, like, this could convince me of anything. It was mind-boggling how intelligent he was. And, you know, so it's nice to have kind of both, you know, to see both sides. I have some really, my closest friends tend to be very intelligent and witty and funny, because that's part of being, like, you know, a comedian, is that quick-witted thinking and all that, being able to process fast. But, like, my wife's like, she's dumb as shit. And, and uh, no, it's, like, it's perfectly acceptable in our house. Uh, because that way I rule, you know. <laughs> I keep her right where I want her. No, she's a, she's a great person, but I'm sorry, man. She thought that uh, Abraham Lincoln was the, was the fifth president because he's on the $5 bill. So, I'm like, well, what's Benjamin then? We're, Benji. Benji was from way back, and we're not even 200 presidents. Uh, riddle me that. <laughs> That's just that uh, Detroit area public education for you right there. That's what that is. Yeah, yeah. She, she went to Detroit. She was born, actually, in the city of Detroit. And I had to go get her birth certificate when we got married. Yeah. It was literally moved to the Masonic Temple, Detroit. We had to go get her. What? First, she's really, she's really from the D. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, and uh, but she is honestly a great woman, though. You know, just not bright. That's all. <laughs> just you know? not bright. Well, I mean, other seriously, thing. like, you can tell that she is because, like, I, I like one, and I've been friends for, like I said, like fourteen years. I haven't met his wife. I haven't been to Michigan in a while. Newsflash. Juan lives in Michigan. I live in Houston, Texas. And uh, so, yeah, we're doing this. Yeah, I live about 40, about 40 minutes north of the city of Detroit. And I live in a pretty rural town, actually. Yeah, actually, it's um, Romeo, really, Michigan. It's actually pretty. I like where you, like, that house out there is nice. You got a nice piece of land. I liked it, except that Kid Rock was from our town, and that kind of, like, fucks it up. <laughs> that does. Who, why would they claim uh, him? I, I don't. <laughs> why? I'm just not real. I'm not a kid fan. I, it's not that I'm against him or anything. It's not that he's not talented. I've been to his shows. He can play instruments. He can sing and everything. But I, I'm just not. It's just not my, my, you know, my thing. Oh, I understand. I'm not a big fan of Kid Rock either. But that's just a personal thing. I'm not, I'm not big on his music. Like that bo- Guess who just popped in the door? Your wife? Nah, my twin sister, Pat. Ah! <laughs> Yeah, she stuck her head in the door. She's like, is this dog supposed to be in the bathroom? <laughs> I was like, yeah. We got a dog that got attacked by coyotes out here. So if you want to know it's rural or not. Yeah. Yeah. I got attacked by coyotes a few days ago. And so he's recovering. And part of that recovery is locking him in the bathroom. <laughs> Keeping him from getting attacked. <laughs> not sure. 
Well, the other dogs are trying to like help him with his wounds, and they can't do that. Oh so. no! Yeah, he got bit through the trachea. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah, they thought he got sh- got shot at first, but now he's fine. The second, our other dog saved him because he got attacked last year also, but he he fared a lot better than he killed one of them. Are these coyotes rabbit or are they just that off. aggressive? Uh, you know, we hardly ever see them. We hear them. But the thing is, they're not that big, right? But they attack in packs. So, oh, so once the pack you know, is there, even my pit, yeah, yeah, they don't and they won't stop. Oh no, you know. So the only thing, the other dog I have is a half pit and half lab. So he's like, I guess it's called a pitador. Yeah, and he's so he's not full pit. So he's he's not quite the you know scary dog that pits are. And he survived, but barely. Sheesh. But anyways, so yeah, you know, silver lining on that. Yeah. I was glad he lived until tonight when I had to wash all the shit off him because he went and rolled in it. <laughs> yeah, just prior to the podcast, I was in the shower with a shit dog. The adventures of the life in rural Michigan, I suppose. Oh. Anyways. Yeah, it's nice, though. Anyways, we've, uh, we've taken like a good 23 minutes to give ourselves an intro. I, this, I wanted to do that. We're going to get into this first episode here. We're going to talk about something I have absolutely zero experience in, and Juan has a lot of experience in. The subject today really? is parenting. <laughs> I said experience. I didn't say, like, you know, I didn't think you were, like, exceptionally good at it or whatever. I just said you had a lot of experience at it. I mean, you raised Wyatt, and Wyatt's funny and gifted and talented, and he's a good yeah, kid. Yeah, I have a 19-year-old son, actually. Name Wyatt, who helped us even set up the technical stuff. I'm actually in his room right now. And uh, this kid, like, just never did anything wrong. It was really frustrating. <laughs> and uh, I was like, are you sure you're mine? You know, <laughs> but you're so good. And, but, and then uh, when I got married the second time, yeah, I've been married twice. Uh, my My younger wife had four kids, and they were all, like, 10 and under, so... I went from having this practical adult being set free. I mean, I was, man, I was planning vacations. <laughs> and and then I met and fell in love with her. And then, but, but I love these kids to death. But yeah, it's, I I do a lot of parenting. Uh, that's the other thing. My wife sucks as a parent. So uh, I try to, I try to do like both mostly. Because, uh, you know, I have to, I had to teach her because you know, she came from a totally different background. And um, I came from a lot of structure. She didn't, and I didn't. I didn't realize, even though in my world I'm considered the crazy one, I'm actually pretty darn stable. Hey, but anyways, everybody's crazy in some way, and some people are more stable. I mean, it's like really, like I think that's a pretty normal thing. It just there is no real normal, is there? <laughs> no, no. That's what I was saying. I was the other day. I was talking to someone, and I was like, you know. Like eighty to ninety percent of the people in the United States are on some kind of a at least an antidepressant or something to help them get by. A lot of other people just use substances, yeah, you know, to deal with life. And uh, so the norm is crazy. Yeah, the norm is. You know, I I, I couldn't even name five people that on the on my hand that I would say are okay. That's a solid, stable person. I mean, yeah. you know, let's face it. This the world's crazy, so it makes you crazy. You know. <laughs> oh, it does, and it's funny too because like. One thing I've noticed, like, I talk to people and they're like, oh, well, you know, like, I don't, you know, but I don't do drugs or I don't drink or I don't smoke. And I'm like, okay, but what do you do that, you know, is some sort of coping mechanism? 
<laughs> I was talking with someone. They're like, oh, I have no coping mechanisms. And I'm like, you have to have one. I was like, everybody has some sort of coping mechanism, whether it's like. I mean, you, you could watch TV. You could play pool. Yeah. Uh, you could do Sudoku if you're old. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, some people fix cars. Some people eat it's just, gallons of ice cream. I mean, it's just it just depends. Like somebody everybody does something to make them feel good when they're stressed out or angry or hurt or frustrated. Yeah, I, li- I like chili cheese fries. <laughs> I, uh, I forgot how big of a thing chili cheese fries are in Michigan. I haven't even, I've had like chili cheese fries once since I like left there. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I found a Mexican re- restaurant here the other day. Yeah. That had carne asada steak. What? Man. Real deal. Oh, okay. Didn't even know it existed out here. Yeah, for, it's a mile from my house. For, uh, that, um, that's awesome. For those of you who don't know Michigan all too well, uh, you're not missing out on anything, number one. And number two, they, when, when I lived there for two years, nobody in Michigan outside of like the occasional Mexican that I ran into knew anything about Mexican food. We were at a, a church function, a church potluck, and I made chips and salsa. And this one lady said, oh, what did you put in the salsa that makes it taste so good? And I was like, lime. And she turned to me with a straight face and said, Lime, well, in Mexican food, they don't use lime. I just like lost what? it laughing. And I was like, uh, everything. I was like, everything is covered in like lime juice or lemon juice. Like, you go to a, a real Mexican place or you go to a Mexican family's house, there's like quartered limes there. You squeeze all over everything. And like, that's how much in the Stone Age and the Dark Ages that Michigan is when it comes to Mexican food. It's pretty bad. There's not a lot of flavor over here. No. Everything there is like we're we're just getting sushi. <laughs> you know, no, like we're just getting sushi where like you could not have to drive fifty miles to get sushi. <laughs> like, you know, when I when I would visit in Cali way back. Oh yeah. Day, I, mean, I was just We would go Man, I'm like strip malls, <laughs> sign me up. Yeah, man. we went to several sushi places and like little hole in the wall sushi places, nice sushi places, and you're like, they're everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, now it's like kids. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah, they they are. Like I tell you what though, I <laughs> funny thing about parenting is like people it it's such a strange thing being a parent. Because when you don't have kids, mm-hmm. the it's kind of like when you don't have a girlfriend. And it, the thought of having that girlfriend seems pretty awesome. <laughs> You start thinking of like all the pros and cons, and inevitably, you know, when you don't have them, pros way out the cons, you know. <laughs> and then, just like a woman, when your reality hits and you get these kids, you realize, okay, so being part of a man is making the best of this shit <laughs> and trying to come out not looking like an asshole. Because, right? like, let's be real, how many people do you know? could honestly say i had a great father i i had a great dad now you do I, yeah you are one of the I, and i recognize i recognize it i recognize that i am one of the few like growing up i thought all parents were like mine and now i'm like holy crap i'm the exception oh yeah 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 most dads uh we suck from the get our kids hate us and that's like for the longest time I thought that's what like that I grew up with a father who just worked a lot. I mean, he wasn't like an awful person. He just was really never connected. And I'm adopted, and uh, so I never really had like a father figure. But I mean, like the I, so I kind of like 
as I got older and had kids and then I, you know, I got these kids, like I realized that I'm going to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, I got five total now. So if like at least two of the three don't hate me, I feel like that's pretty good. And uh, I, I realized that what's more important, I think, than necessarily making sure that my kids do all the right things or that they make all the right decisions or don't do wrong things. I think as a parent, I'm learning the most important thing is to have a relationship with your kids that's open enough that they will talk to you and be real. Because if you do it any other way, you don't really know what they're going through if they're not going to talk to you. So you can't help them with, like, things that they're not going to talk to you about. That's... that's, you know, because it's a lot of it's like it's just like guys with sex. Yeah. Like growing up, yeah. like as men, we get, we get, as men we get treated like kids get treated. Nobody tells us <laughs> shit. Nobody shows us shit. There's not a video except porn, which is bullshit, <laughs> right? No, no, no. Uncle or your dad holds you aside and is like, "I tell you what, this is how you eat pussy." Like, nobody does that for you. You just go in there and just start. Throwing tongue, you have no idea. And here's the thing. It happens to all of us. It does. So my so we all go in blind on that stuff. And yet everyone's supposed to come out like a G. Give me a break, right? <laughs> Girls is the opposite, man. They just they got their their sister and their mother and you know, their friends giving them all this kind of advice. This is what you do, this is what you don't do. Guys like this. And I'm just like, that's bullshit, because I, I wrote a book on dating like 20 years ago, and I ended up not getting it printed for some uh, reason. It had a lot to do with that, you know, I was just like, so I relate that a lot to like raising kids, you know, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta be open in order to make a difference. No, it's, that's, that's true. It's like, there's a lot of truth in that. It's funny that you say that, because like. Like I said, I don't have kids. I've never been married. I've had my share of like, you know. Are you trying to rub it in? No, no, no. I'm not trying to rub it. I'm just. No, 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 no. It's fine. (laughs) I'm over here crying, but that's fine. Like, I don't have any kids or anything. And um, like, I've seen a lot of other people have kids. And I've seen some like really great parents. And I've seen some really bad parents. And like, and then I contrast that to like my, like, okay, like newsflash. My dad's not perfect. My mom wasn't perfect. But I was really really fortunate to have the parents that i did but like at the same time like you are saying was true is like my dad had like two conversations with me about sex and that was it and they both were like 15 20 minutes and like growing up i felt so ill-equipped it was just like this is the mechanics of it and we believe in abstinence so don't because if you do it's bad and that that like at the time i was just like this is uncomfortable i don't want to talk about this with my dad my body's changing i don't know what to do like you're a confused 15 16 year old or whatever or i was you know that's a weird time in life and then i get older and it's just kind of like figure it out as you go and it's the same thing with like parenting like a, like a lot of my aunts are like oh how come you don't have kids you would be a great dad and i'm like being honest like i think i would be a great dad but I know I wouldn't be perfect. And like the thing that sticks in my mind about that is like I have confidence that I could be like a good dad to my own kids. Or let's say I got married to someone and they had kids. I have full confidence that I would do my best. I would love that kid as my own. 
and I would take care of them and do whatever I had to do. And oh no, an already kid from from relationship to me is a plus because you don't got to go through all them baby steps, <laughs> man. Going through pregnancy, which is disgusting. <laughs> childbirth which again absolutely revolting and disgusting this is not a beautiful moment people i don't know what they tell this is a bunch of bullshit and you get in there and you start seeing things happen that shouldn't happen things opening up to sizes they're not supposed to i'm sorry man that it like you're like okay and everyone gets so wrapped up in the kid but i'm like dude you may have made it but that was a gross trip I, like they should they should warn that's the other thing man they should warn you about that shit. nobody warned me like that's why i, I tell my kids everything now. i don't hold back you know what yeah. I'm saying? I just kind of like let them. I, I'm I'm probably maybe too too forward sometimes about things, but like, you know, I want I, my kids aren't going to go into their late teens not knowing nothing. I'll tell yeah, you that. That's that's good. Like, that's that's one. Th- like, I wish as I was growing up, like my dad, somebody you know would have like sat down and said more, and like found like a tactful like supportive way. To just like not in everything, like most things I was encouraged and I was fine. I was well adjusted and all that. But like certain things like dating, relationships, sex, like give me a little bit more to go on. Like even parenting, there wasn't like obviously I'm not a parent, but there wasn't like much said other than, Well, you'll be a great, you know, kid or you'll be a great dad to a kid someday. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, as I get older now, like I think about things from like a single guy who doesn't have kids point of view and it's like oh my gosh the cost of having kids is astronomical and there's nothing wrong with that it's just like it's a huge responsibility and commitment and that just constantly makes me think about like you know it is a huge responsibility and commitment having a kid and like if i'm gonna do this i want to do this like the best way that i can and like my big like the thing i should say that like sticks out most in my mind is like I remember times when I was a kid and I was just like a total little terror and a little brat mouthing off being a bad little kid and I was like I don't want to pass on my junk to my kids like and like I know like if you have kids inevitably they're going to pick up on some of your bad habits but like me being me I'm like man if I do have kids or I'm raising somebody you know helping somebody else raise their kids I want to like do like a really good job at being like, Hey, you know, don't screw up like I did. Or like, don't be like me. Like, see the stuff that I do, you could do without that and you'll be better off for it. You know, I, I used, I used to think like that a lot that, you know, I just, I really want to be the best father that I can because, and then I realized that's not possible. So what I do now is I just try to be as very like open with my kids and honest and straight with them, you know, so that, they never feel like I would lie to them, betray them. That's why I even tell my young, I know a lot of people don't like that, but like, I don't believe in Santa Claus because it's me that buys that shit. <laughs> so my kids are going to, you know, be kissing my ass for them presents, not Santa. <laughs> like, so I'm going to get some work out of them or something for this shit. Like, you know what I mean? So that's, I, but you know, it's so great though, because my kids, like people will hear me talk to them and sometimes they're like, oh my goodness, like you talk to your kids like that. I'm like, well, he's being a little asshole, so I'm going to call him an asshole. And he's like, whoa, why? Why does no one like me? I'm like, because you're a little dick. If you weren't such a dick to people, you'd have some more friends. Try being nice. Stop pushing people. What hell's wrong with you? I, we do scared straight with our kids. You want to them kid prison? Kid prison. Want them kid prison? Some bread and water. You know, but um, so sometimes it might seem unorthodox, but 
I know my kids individually really well, and I know what works. I mean, you can't do the same thing for each person. And the idea that there's no favorites is bullshit too. I got favorites. Yeah. You know, I tell my kids, I tell my kids exactly who my favorite is. Yeah. It. And uh, every day, every day it starts over. You want to be the favorite? <laughs> Kiss my ass the most of days. You can be number one too. When when I was growing up, one time I think my brother and I asked my mom. We were like, which one's the favorite? And my my mom said, your brother's the good son, and you're the what did she say like luke was the good one and you're the nice one or something like that and i was like but which one's the favorite and then i was always like he's the good one that jerk <laughs> oh if it was related to being the good one i gave up because <laughs> my sister was just like an like an angel on the outside you know and then like a horrible demon on the inside like most women and uh no i don't mean to say most women i don't mean to offend people i mean all of them uh so just genetically, you're just an evil species. But you win. In the end, you all win, and uh, we just kind of toddle after you. No, you win. Uh, I'm. A, you might be awful, but you've got all the power. So, man, we man, we just lie to ourselves. We do. We spend. Why, why do we, we work so hard? We make all the we success. Spend a lot of time lying to uh, ourselves. <laughs> you know. Well, if I do this, and I'm all for women like having your careers oh, yeah. and and supporting themselves. I I just uh, I I. Let's, I'm gonna be honest. I don't have that kind of clout. I can't date that. That that's just out of my out of my league. Uh, I get the fixer up. You know I, mean? <laughs> I get them hug girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're fun though. They're fun though, and I don't have to call them at work. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. But like the thing, you know, one thing about kids, I think it also depends on like. Like, depends on your, like, one thing that really sticks out to me, or that I've noticed, like, maybe you mean, maybe you've noticed this too, maybe you haven't one, is that, like, I I see so many people, like, having kids, and when they don't want them, they're, like, a lot of people, a lot of my friends, mostly, having unplanned kids, and I, I'm like, first of all, I'm always like, why? Like, this isn't 150 years ago, where, you know, we don't have, you know, the modern technology to get vasectomies or IUDs or pills. I mean, it's like, if you don't want to have kids, there's no excuse. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, it was in the heat of the moment. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be <clears throat> putting yourself in those situations and you don't want kids, why are you leaving yourself open to that? Because inevitably, like a, a lot of the times, like the kid's the one that winds up suffering because like, you know, I mean, I know people personally who are like, you know, my age and sometimes older and they're like still struggling with like, yeah, when I was 15, my parents told me that they didn't want me and that I was a mistake and that they just wanted me out of their life. And that's, that's like so devastating to, you know, like to, to, to me, it's devastating. I'm like, I can't even imagine what they feel like. Like having kids is a, you know, having kids and being a parent is like a ser serious responsibility that, yeah, people ask me sometimes how I feel about being adopted, right? Like, they, like you were thrown away, right? Yeah. For some reason, they just got rid of you, and I don't see it that way at all. I actually feel like I would have never had the life. I would have never had the experiences. I would have probably never had the financial comforts that I had growing up had I not been adopted. No. So I'm very thankful for that. You and been running although I don't really have a desire to like have a personal relationship with my birth parents, because to me, that's not being a parent. That's Anyone can have a kid. Yeah. Anyone can be a baby daddy. 
you know, but being a father, being a dad to a kid, being the one that that kid looks up to, and when he comes home and gets off the bus, he runs. Yeah. You know, there's there's no replacing that. You feel like you did something right, you know. Yeah. And then they, and then they turn fifteen and they hate you. <laughs> but uh, that's not always true. That's not always true. Wyatt doesn't hate you, I'm sure. Not right now. Not right now. It's, it's been at least a couple hours. <laughs> he sounded pretty happy so. when I talked to him, so maybe he was just putting on a good show. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, we as a family unit, I, just so people know, we have the four stepkids, my son, that's five, Jasmine, my wife, myself, and then we take care of now my 80-year-old, my 80-year-old mother. Yeah, she's in the hospital right now, but um, we take care of her full time. And so it's a lot of people. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of noise. But it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, you never, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, today's the last day they're going to be this age this day. You know, yeah. enjoy it. You know, when kids say and do dumb stuff, don't harp on them about how dumb they are. Just be happy they're having that dumb moment because eventually you won't be allowed to have that dumb moment, oh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I and uh it's it's just it's important to to have fun in life. It's important to do stuff with your kids. Like my kids, they want to play video games all day, but I literally lock the door on them. <laughs> keep them outside. I'm like, "Hey, find a stick, all right?" They're like, "I'm They're like, "I'm bored." I'm like, "I tell you what, you don't want to be bored. Wait till sundown. Go out behind the barn with some coyotes out there. I don't think it's going to be too boring for you." <laughs> So you go mow the lawn <laughs> with a push lawn. It's like four acres with a motorized one and one of those really old school, like put like mechanical ones from like the fifties. Oh my god, no! That would you die. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had to like... mow the grass with one of those, and I hated it. And I grew up like in the eighties and 90s. I did one time. I, I had a mobile home for a while, way back in the day, that had a really small lot, and we did do it with one of those. You know, we really lived that that trailer <laughs> thing up. That's... Well, we had to. We weren't. <laughs> we weren't white trash because I was the Hispanic on the. But see, it, it's so confusing though because I'm Costa Rican, yeah, right, hundred percent, and people always get that confused with either they think I'm Puerto Rican. Or they just assume I'm Mexican because I'm Hispanic because they're ignorant assholes. Uh, I just think there's like one Spanish type. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Galileo must have been a Mexican. Uh, but, I mean, so I don't really get accepted anywhere. So I just kind of, you know, I just try to uh, be accepting of other people. You know? What was... You can't say that you don't judge people by the way they look because everybody does. Oh, yeah. But I try to look past that. But I try to look past yeah. that. You know, no, that's true. Everybody does. Like a lot of people, like uh, you know, ask. Now, me, if you smell, there might be a little problem. <laughs> might not be able to. Well, even like if you do don't that. smell, a lot of people like based upon. One thing I don't like is just like shallowness, and it's like it. It just bothers me because people get, in my opinion, get too wrapped up in like their identity or like other people's identity and like your career or your education level. Like, or even like what we're talking yeah, about with kids. Yeah, even like with kids. Like, you know, they, they try to get their identity through their kids. So it's like if they weren't, they didn't end up being what they wanted to be. Yeah. Now they're going to try and put it on their kids. Yeah. Oh. I, I didn't even know you couldn't go to college until like <laughs> my sophomore year in high school. I was like, hold up a minute. I don't got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like, oh, shit. Eureka. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's true. Like, I, I know a lot of people who are doing or have been doing what their parents push them to. And, like, I go talk to them oh, and their yeah. parents, and their parents are like, well, this is what I wish I would have done with my life, so I'm making sure that they do it. And I'm like, so you're living through your kids, and then your kids aren't getting to be themselves. Like, I, I'm so, like, lucky to have my dad where he's like, you want to do that? Okay, fine. Like, if that's what you want to do. Like, he'll, like, encourage. Like, if I told him tomorrow, I was like, I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to, like, start my own company driving around, like, porta potty trucks and siphoning other people's crap out of blue porta potties. He would be like, hey, if that's what you want to do and, it, like, you know, and you can make a good job and career out of it and that's what you want to do, go for it. Like, he wouldn't, like, you know, tell me, oh, no, you can't do this. Like, he would be like, yeah, sure. He'd be like, you sure you want to do that? You sure you want to smell that? But like, oh, I've, that's been so freeing for me because like, it's not being. But see that right there, what you're talking about, that's the acceptance from the father that that we're talking about with the parenting is that it, it's not the details in life that matter. It's how you're perceived. Yeah. It's it's how you how how you see your parents, how your parents see you. How you see your kids? Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't see my kids as like a lot of people. I feel see their kids as just like a nuisance, something they have to do, something that uh, they feel responsible for. And so, I guess I'll work to make sure these kids are taken care of and all that. But to me, that financial part of taking care of it is important, and it is. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's not, but if it was. I could work extra hours at work so I could take my kids on a vacation to Disneyland or come home at regular hours and spend a couple extra hours with my kids every day. I'm going for the couple extra hours with my kids every day because those daily affirmations of acceptance and that I care about you enough to spend some time with you is way more important than once a year pretending like we're a happy family and going sucking Disney's dick. <laughs> I, it just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me that, that people do that. Like, my house literally is so fun. Why would you want to go on a vacation? It's true. Your house is really fun. I mean, I, I tell them that it is because I don't want to take them on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> because well, okay, I should that's say. That's a lot of damn air. That's a major airline uh, <laughs> ticket prices Six that people? I don't want to deal yeah. with. Dude, when you, when you got to, like, rent your own jet just to get from A to B. That's out of my league. That's out of my league. But it's true because, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to go to Disneyland for the longest time. And my parents were just, like, really, really frugal. We, like, we went and did a lot of stuff. We went on a lot of trips, day trips, weekend trips and stuff. But it was always to, like, free places or cheap places, which was fine. Like, I had a great childhood. I got to see a lot. I got to learn tons of things that a lot of other people nowadays don't know how to do, like read a map, shockingly. And, um. Right? Yeah. No kidding. Oh, no like, kidding, I'm dude. so good with directions. I can get to places I haven't been to in years without needing a map or GPS. Like, I could leave my house right now and drive to your house in Michigan. And I don't know the freeways, but I know the major cities and major interstates. So I could just drive there, like, without a GPS, knowing that I'm going to get there fine and not wind up in, you know, like in North Dakota on accident. Dude, I would end up in, like, Delaware. I don't even... <laughs> I can't hardly find myself around my own house. <laughs> I wake up. I wake up in the middle of the night and have to pee, and I'm like, "Oh God, where's that bath?" <laughs> no, I, I don't have that. Like, 
I don't have a lot of the man gifts. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I'm like not masculine, but I don't have that. Like I could just get in and navigate the world and sail the seas. Like I, that's not me. You know, sail the sea. I'm like, is there an app for that? <laughs> You're like, you need a GPS for the bathroom at two in the morning. <laughs> Turn left in the hallway. Juan. Maybe at a later date, I'll tell you my bathroom setup. It is horrible. Because oh, you get old, and it's like, my, I have this king-size bed, right? Yeah. Because it's like old, like the old lady in a shoe. Half the nights <laughs> I go climbing a bed, there's like four kids in there, you know? Yeah. And I'm like suffocating and killing them by accident, <laughs> you know? And the kids are, I don't see this. Is, I don't like kids. I don't like kids in my bed, even though they're young and cute. They're little heat machines. They're sweaty. Yeah, they kick a lot. They sleep side. They sleep sideways. They kick me in the nuts at like at least three times a week. You know. Yeah. And I've done being nice about it. Anytime they kick me in the nuts, I thump that little bastard right in the head. It's like, hey, you need to be a little more aware in your sleep. Nuts are not a target. No, but inevitably, but, um, kids always find it. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's it's like a magnet. Oh, it is. Like, you know, when but when it's ne- not it's not it's not when you're a teenage though a teenager and you're you're trying to get laid though. <laughs> it's, it's literally like the reverse. It's the it's polar like, it's opposite. Like the kryptonite. Yeah, it's the kryptonite. <laughs> I didn't. Here's the thing, man. I didn't realize like when I was growing up like how much guys lied. Oh yeah. Until like almost my senior year in high school. You know, and I realized, like, wait a minute, they're making this shit up, <laughs> like, about girls and everything. And I was like, but why would you do that? Why would you? And then I realized, like, oh, there's, like, all this peer pressure that guys feel. Yeah. You know, but, like I said, because nobody knows what to do and nobody helps us. Yeah. And so you don't know. And, and, and American culture is different than other cultures. That's very we don't have like We don't have, like, a rite of passage that says, okay, now you're a man. No, and like, I actually basically how we do it in the states are is like we say, "Hey, man, it's okay to be a kid, party on, man, play them video games." Then one day you turn eighteen, and all of a sudden everyone gets up in your ass. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, yesterday it was cool if you did nothing. Where, why don't you got a fucking job? You've been eighteen for two days." I mean, like not that people don't work before that, but I mean, like they want you like have a career at eighteen. Yeah, it's like why aren't you waking it up the corporate ladder? You're eighteen, you loser. Like. <laughs> Bitch, yesterday I was, it was okay if I was playing Super Mario. <laughs> you know? Now it's like you want me to have a career. <laughs> now, I do think people take it too far because we've got a lot of these uh, bearded, wookie-looking motherfuckers <laughs> now that are, like, playing video games at 35 and still playing magic cards and thinking this shit's real. <laughs> it's like, that's a whole group of people that, you know, as a dictator, I'd probably eliminate them. Probably just <laughs> do that. Because uh, that's a useless group of people. <laughs> you know, I mean, no, I, I mean, <laughs> and 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 I was one of them. No, I totally was never one of them. Are you kidding me? I actually call them yard gnomes. Yard gnomes. I, I see, well, you know where you see them. <laughs> Let me just get this out. I'm sorry, I can't get this out. <laughs> it's like when you go to like video. Like I take my kids. Of course, everyone's into video games. Oh yeah, me. I'm like the only human being apparently that doesn't play Black Ops. Well, you need to be able you to know, see the TV too. Well, I just would rather really shoot somebody. I don't want to play. <laughs> Give me a gun, I'll shoot you right in the face. 
like so that's why I don't have guns. I don't have any guns, people. Seriously, I don't. I don't really. I don't. I don't. I don't really like violence, you know, because it, it really never solves anything. No. Guys always are trying to be tougher and bigger than the next guy, and like all you end up doing if you're the biggest guy is getting jumped by five little guys. Like, it, there's no point in trying to always be like <laughs> wait, the alpha. Wait. I never. Wait, wait. I don't like the alpha male guy. Wait, wait. Speak. Okay. <laughs> this just reminds me. <laughs> really funny was when. We were in California once, and you and Luke were at the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Like, like we said, Juan is five two, and there was this guy in line, and he was like four ten. And you walked up behind him and puffed your chest out and stood up as tall as you could, and you were like right behind him, like, "Look, I'm taller than this guy." And it was so funny because it never happens. Do you know how rare it is? Do you know how rare it is that I just walk up on a dude and dwarf him? I mean, by height, though, I mean, not weight. By weight, I got like half the population. But to walk up on a dude and be like, you little bitch. Like, and I thought, oh, my gosh, that's what everyone feels like when they walk up to me. Like, you know, because oh I don't goodness. I don't realize how small I am until, like, I'm in public or something and you pass, like, mirrors or something. Yeah. You, see the, you see the group of people and you're like who's that short fucker and then you look at it's you you're like god he has friends he must, he must have one hell of a personality that guy well it's so. it's funny because it's true because when we would all hang out it'd be like you me joel ben sometimes kelly and zach and we're all six foot to six four <laughs> and there's you at five two rolling around and you're like i feel like everyone's damn little kid <laughs> but you know what i really appreciate though though it seems like society's finally accepted us and the reason that i know that's true is because every time i go into a public rest stop they always got that one really short urinal for me, <laughs> just waiting and nobody takes that bitch i walk every time I, there could be a line of people no one's taking that i walk right up there like i own it because it's for me all right, I don't. I don't even have no pride issues about it. That's right. I'm not gonna drag in this thing or nothing. I'm not gonna touch it. It's. I'm fine, you know. But I get my own VIP kind of treatment. You know, like the handicapped people get the handicap stall. I get the short urinal. The only other oh. time there's anyone ever at it is there's like a little fat kid that had to be that they couldn't make it into the stall because he was too fat. That kid's the only kid that uses that stall. <laughs> so it's i mean that that urinal so it's always clean it's always fresh but somehow they always put it right in the middle yeah <laughs> it's like all right i get it all right you gotta do the size comparison on both sides of me like holding hands between my parents as i'm walking <laughs> but <laughs> So, see, I never forget what it's like to feel like a kid, <laughs> no. you know, because, the true. yeah, you get treated like that. But Baby Gap doesn't make stuff in my size, though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that, no that... one does anymore. I don't, I'm a shape that just there's no size for this. <laughs> Where do you get clothes? <laughs> you know, it's fucked. <laughs> I, I literally, the other, I get a lot of clothes from resale shops and from, uh, outlet stores uh-huh. and the reason why is because outlet stores have the section called irregular right <laughs> it's the clothes that went through the machine and just got fucked up like where the, <laughs> the pant legs like 45 inches long and the waist is a 16 
<laughs> and that one freak circus performer like finds a pair of pants off the rack that fit him. That's where I go. So like, holy shit, there's a job of the hut fat fucker with a 26 inch seat inseam. Like, like you listen, man. If you hold up a pair of pants that fit me properly and you hold them up, it's a square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a waist where the legs are just as long. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm not fucking kidding. I, no, I believe you. Designer clothes are out, man. <laughs> I, I, listen, I love clothes, and I, I like dressing cool and stuff, but it's, it gets harder when you get bigger. Oh. You know, except that I have, I have baby feet. I have kid-sized feet. I got like a a kid size seven shoe, right? <laughs> so I got to go to Kid Foot Locker to get shoes. Do your shoes you know? have lights on them? It's really hard not to get shoes without lights or themes, yeah. <laughs> or, or, or Velcro. Little, like wheels or in them or anything? Oh, dude, I can rock some Healy, so. <laughs> yeah, man. 47 years old, just rolling by with my lights on. <laughs> I have had a few few theme pair like of shoes and stuff. That's it is pretty fun. But you know what? Though my shoes are cheaper. That is true. If I go to buy shoes, if I don't go to like an outlet store, which there's an outlet store near my house here, and I'll go there to buy shoes because I like Nikes. I like Nikes or the on cloud shoes. But I mean, even outlet, you're still looking at seventy five bucks. But my cloud shoes, they're like one hundred twenty to one hundred eighty bucks, and I know you're getting your shoes cheaper than that. Hell yeah. I, I never pay it full price for anything. Only problem is, because it's a kid's shoe, right? Like, it's not designed for the weight. So now my shoes <laughs> do that shit where they start to tilt. The <laughs> shoes tilt. You know yeah. what I'm talking about. You oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And your shoe actually wears like that. Yeah. And then it's like, I can almost wear bigger sizes because now I got, like, this, like, club fat foot. So <laughs> I, can, I can get away with it. But I, have, I love shoes. I got a lot of pairs of shoes. You know, so I like to coordinate colors and stuff. No, I I, I, I I know what you mean. I have a friend who's he's like he's like five eleven. He's really heavy, really heavy guy. And we got shoes once, and he got like a size fifteen. He's like a size eleven, and I was like, why did you get like such big shoes? Like you don't need shoes that big. And he goes, well, I don't like to slide out of my shoes all the time. And he pulled off his old shoes, and they were worn like that. And I was like, dang, dude, what's that? He's like, it's because I'm so big. Wow. Yeah, like, I, I can kill a pair of shoes in, like, three months. That's why I have so many pairs of shoes, so they survive the torture. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have, like, the Tuesday shoe, the Wednesday shoe. You know, then, like, the Friday shoes, like, gearing up. It's like a couple days, and I get my day in, and then I'll be able to take a break for a week. I have two pairs of shoes, like my work shoes I wear to work. I have two of them, and I bought them three years ago, both pair. What? Yeah. Really? And one of them was my running shoe until I bought my new running shoes, so I put a lot of miles on them. I, I will walk at work. <laughs> I will walk. A running fi- shoe? Yeah. I will walk if five. I, to- if I don't a running shoe, who am I fooling? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you running to, McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> There's no point in having a running shoe. You just you're fooling yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I like running shoes. A, because I run, and B, because they just look so cool. But if you, uh, they don't look cool, they don't look cool turned sideways. <laughs> well, they're all bulged out on one side. <laughs> look like they're just going to blow it any minute. <laughs> you know, and it's just it's dude, I just get it from every angle. Right. Because I have this baby foot, you know, and then people say stupid shit like, you know what they say about small feet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, great personality. So. <laughs> I don't have any of the I don't have any of those guy issues like that. Like I don't care what other guys think of me. I don't care if if girls think I'm attractive or not. I, as long as my wife thinks I'm attractive and she's that fooled. She's <laughs> dude, she's so blind. Dude, I thought I was blind. Dude, oh yeah. This, I... this bitch can't see anything. She's like she turns to me every night. She's like, You're so cute. And I'm like, damn. And you're two feet away. That's amazing. <laughs> but you know i just i never I, I don't know you know guys like that's the other thing about being a guy even being a father or being a parent or anything is you always have this weird thing about guy status where you stand in the stack you know it's like you always get yeah. like a group of 20 guys together and then there's always like somebody battling for the front like i never cared who was in charge i would prefer not to be yeah in charge because that guy's got all the responsibility I was, I'll be happy to be a wingman. No, no, I wouldn't. But in a sense, I would. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want the responsibility of carrying the group and yeah. then, like, planning some event or, like, having the directions and have something get fucked up. Yeah. So I, I'm more like, I'll just kind of go by the, you know, whatever I feel like at that moment, you know, because I've been on trips with you guys where some people want to do some, some stuff and then, like, I took Ben and corrupted him and took him to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> and uh probably pissed Luke off and everything else, but uh we had a great time. And uh so and then that, that was horrible though, man. I lost so much money on that trip. Jeez. <laughs> no, you lost so much money on that trip because you were like, put it all on black. <laughs> I literally I literally tried to calculate one day about how much money I had on that table. It was probably close to about thirteen grand. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> and my dumbass put it on a color. Yeah. Like it was And I got my friend Kelly behind me going cash out. Like Yeah. The Ke- it wasn't <sighs> just it wasn't just Kelly, it was Luke too. They were on both sides of you and Luke was like, "Juan, don't do it." You were like, "I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. It's all on black. It's all on black." <laughs> well, here's the thing. I figured either I was going to go out really big at that point or I brought 20 bucks with me. I literally started with $20. So it was like to me, it was more like when I go to a casino, which is very rarely because I'm not a gambler, it's just for entertainment. To yeah. Me. It's the same as going to like a Dave and Buster's, except Dave yeah. and Buster's, I'm going to get a cup or something at the end. You know, so I'm yeah. going to get something. But I don't, I don't think of it as like, I'm going to go and win money. That's just, well, that's just, that's what gambling thinking is. And that's why people end up broke and having yeah. issues and all that. Yeah. I don't have to gamble to be broke. I can do it without gambling, believe me. I've <laughs> <laughs> been broke my whole life. And a lot of it is that I don't have a great work ethic. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that, like, I'm lazy, right? But I'm not going to be, like, old school, like, 1800s immigrant work ethic. Like, I'm going to come to America and make a difference. My brother did that. That's good enough for me. He's... <laughs> he's my younger brother actually is uh I, I can't really say what he does but he's uh 
a very, very powerful, influential person. Yeah, a powerful and influential enough that I don't want you to know what he does because I don't want to die. <laughs> Listen, man, when you got a job where there's hits out on you, yeah, but it's like a legitimate job, fuck that. <laughs> I, 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 I was like, seriously? Like, how much? Like, oh, about a half a million. Half a million? I'll kill you for half a million. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Where's the... Where's the forms? <laughs> so, yeah, about that work ethic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't give me an easy route, man. I'm surprised you and Pat didn't go in on half and half on that. <laughs> right, man. Shoot. Oh, my God. You told me once what he does, but I forgot. You'll have to tell me some other time when we're not recording. Yeah, he's basically like a super cop, but in a, in a way that, that uh, it's a little scary. Okay. Like, he can't even visit me without, like, clearance and stuff like that. Oh, my goodness. Like, we can't go see him. He can't, you know, like, he's, like, under 24-hour surveillance all the time. And he rolls deep with some scary people, man. Like, like the legitimate kind. Yeah. You know, like, e- like the equalizer kind of, like, people. <laughs> yeah. But the like, real ones, right? Yeah, like Liam so, Neeson and Taken. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the crew. That's, that's where he's rolling. And like he knows things I wouldn't even want to know. Like I, I sometimes ignorance is bliss. Definitely. You know I I don't want to know all the woes that are happening in the world because I got enough woes of my own. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to find the silver lining behind the few things I got to deal with. Yeah, I, that's and like I, a lot of people are like, oh, did you see what happened in the news? I'm like, unless it's something big, I didn't because my life has enough stuff going on in it. I don't need to know. I don't. I can't really deal with like the world's problems. Really? Like, if it's a big, significant thing I need to know about, I'm going to find out about it. But, like, listen, oh, sh- man, Chicago what murder difference... rates are on the rise. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. I don't mean to sound cynical or, like, not, I'm not saying, like, don't care. But when you have a president with plastic hair <laughs> who, was, who was a freaking reality TV star, <laughs> but more than that, just a general douchebag. <laughs> Like, I, I, I'm not saying I don't have some of the same beliefs. Like, I come from a conservative background. Yeah. You know, there's some things I agree with. But, like, come on. This guy was a, This guy was the asshole in high school. This guy was, I mean, come on. Yeah. This, this is the guy who went around, grabbed asses in high school, and never got in trouble, and, and always had money up his ass. And, you know, well, he's a made man. Yeah, made man was starting with, like, 30 million from Pops. Yeah. You know, that's not a made person. That's a different whole, that's a different whole realm of people, you know? Plastic. It's like Joe Rogan says, like, like he can't be bought, right? Like he's yeah. got, I mean, think about it. He's, he's got so much money. Why the fuck would he want to move in the white house? He's probably like, damn, I got to move in that shitty ass white house. <laughs> like Joe Rogan, we did a bit about that one time. And I was like, yeah, you're right, man. That probably is like a old decrepit shithole compared to his house. Yeah. Well, right? everything, like, this guy's everything got, like, in Trump towers all covered in gold. Like gold is his thing. Like, you could probably walk around his house and the walls change, like, as his mood changes and shit. <laughs> probably. And now he's, got, now he's got to be in some, like, Victorian-looking old shit. Speaking... Old wooden desk. Oh, dude, speaking of parenting, I would hate to have him as my father. Ooh. Like, you yeah. see pictures of his son, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel so sorry for that guy. Ooh, I've never seen pictures of him. Yeah, I have. It, I mean, like, what kind of fatherly advice does he give? I don't want to know. Did you it's... grab her by the puss? Like, uh... what? what? Fine. Oh, you're just nasty. 
Yeah. But I mean, any, any, I'm not into politics just because I realize like anybody that would ever be voted into an office is already from a, a totally different a reality of living than I've ever lived. Well, not nobody only- that's going to serve in public office is anybody that would ever really identify with me. That's true. And you know also, so, also at the same time, like not only that, like this whole system is corrupt. So in, to be able to even exist in it, you have to be corrupt. Like that's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, if this one person got in, I'm like, if so-and-so, well, whoever, your candidate that you think is so great got in there, by the time they Listen, got to you the don't even get power, a shot. Like You don't even get a shot unless you're flexing balls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and to somebody or somewhere. The whole because it's all really everything is related to money in this world. Yeah, you know, in the in the end. Yeah, you know, because everybody who's ever like not had money and then came into some money, when you realize the level of stress goes down when you have money because you can just kind of like pay for things without worrying. Yeah, that it's not a form of happiness, but it is a form of like comfort. Yeah. To be able to do that. Well, I've I've know? had that. And it's 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 not it's definitely not happiness. Like some people have said, Oh, you know, when you have a lot of money, you know, you're happier. No, it's not true. You're not happier. But a lot of those other a lot of those problems, a lot of your normal problems can be fixed with excess amounts of money. You're just like, Oh, well, you know, I'll just buy this or I'll just pay this or I'll just do this. But at the same time, like one thing I learned and like, I learned it the hard way. Like, when you have money, everyone's always coming by and wanting to kiss your butt, but nobody's genuine. Nobody wants to, like, be your friend or interact with you because they want to, like, be around you. It's because you have money and they want some money from you or something from you in regards to your money. And, like, it's not like I had a million dollars, but I had, you know, several tens of thousands of dollars, and it was enough to where everybody wanted something. And it felt really, really lonely. And that really sucks. It does. Yeah, I, I have uh, children like that. They uh, they think their dad's an ATM. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of the same thing. Every day they're like, Dad, did you go to the bank? Nope. <sighs> or I say, yep. And then I'm like, but not for you. Because <laughs> now, like, my, my kids, when I first got them, they had had nothing. And they were, dude, I could get them a T-shirt. From Salvation Army for ninety nine cents, and they were so grateful. They were like little happy doe eyed orphans. Yeah. And now they're like, "Can you take me to build a bear?" <laughs> I'm like, "Build a bear? Isn't that for rich white kids? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Where the hell's build a bear?" Right. So I get online. I'm looking. It's like it's only at Somerset, which is like the most, you know, in the Detroit area, it's the most prestigious mall. You know, it's the one that has like Louis Vuitton and. Yeah, and all that kind of those level of stores in there, and I they, was have, like, <laughs> they have sem- they have they have semi clean drinking water there. Yeah, it's not too far from Flint. <laughs> I, I I told them, I was like, I go, I tell you what, do they got like a basic bear? <laughs> basic like a, bear, <laughs> like a basic bear, like it's like you know a button for two buttons for eyes. Like, yeah. Then my other son pops up. He found out they had some kind of like Pokemon bear. Yeah. Or Pokemon bear, or Pikachu or some shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell no. This is not turning into some kind of, like, build-a-bear extravaganza where, like, I walk out of there with two bears for $500. That is not happening. It's, so. it's actually kind of expensive for what you get. Like, I went in there once. Well, I'm sure it is. And I was like, and, of course, I love Star Wars, so I was drawn to, like, the Star Wars ones because they were doing a special on it. And the guy was like, 
oh, hey, we could get you a special on Boba Fett or Darth Vader or whoever. And I was like, by the time I'm done when with this. When you got a salesperson talking to you about bears, man. I was like, I was like. That shit's going to be defensive. Oh, yeah. I was like, dude, I was like, by the time I'm out of here, like, he's like, oh, and it starts off at like 20 bucks. And I was like, yeah, by the time I'm out of here, I'm spending 80 or or $100. He's like. Well, you gotta you gotta get the accessories, and I'm like, you have accessories for teddy bears. It's time for me to leave, and I left. I was gonna I was gonna totally ask you, like, shoot me straight on this bear thing. What am I looking at? Like a hundred bucks? <laughs> it's it was between eighty and a hundred because they'll try and upsell you on everything, just like everybody else. I mean, because wow. re- they're like, oh, well, you have to get these shoes, and hey, guess what? We got sunglasses, or we have this outfit. You could buy up to four outfits, and then you got to pay for the stuffing. You got to, you know, pay Listen, for man, whatever else. I got, <laughs> I, I'm getting a different one, but I, I have a crane machine out in the man cave for the kids. Yeah. You know, one of those ones like you go to the arcade and it has a little crane and you hit the button. Yeah. And I have it, I have it set on free play, and I just throw like, a bunch of small stuffed animals in there that I get for like you know twenty five cents here and there. Yeah, wherever I get them. Yeah, that's their build a bear. <laughs> you can get hey, about six of them all you want. Go, how many? Uh, go at it. How many kids get to grow up with like uh, in a house where there's a punching machine or like a crane or stuff like that? Like seriously. That well, that's what I said. I try to make home where my kids want to be. So like the idea as my parenting is is have your home be cool enough, right? So when my kids get older, like to the sketchy ages, <laughs> where you want to know what the fuck they're doing because they're probably doing some bad shit, at least they'll be doing it here. <laughs> like if I'm going to catch them smoking dope or doing something stupid or, you know, you know, banging a fat chick, it's going to be at home. <laughs> so we can keep this shit under wraps. I'm not going to tell your friends you fucked a fat chick. Just don't do it at home. You know, but like, you know, I'm just saying like, I want to. I, I try to make it be so that it's like a place like they wouldn't be embarrassed. I, I I remember growing up as a kid sometimes and being like, you wanted to have your friends over, but there was something about your house. You just didn't feel comfortable having your friends over. Yeah. Whether it was some kids, their houses were too nice, right? So their parents are so worried about everything and white carpet and this and that. Yeah. So you couldn't be comfortable, right? You yeah. couldn't go over there and just kick it. Yeah. Or they had a house where there was just nothing to do but maybe watch TV. That's lame. Yeah. But there wasn't like a place to do, you know, like we play a lot of games here. You know, play card games and poker and play, like, you know, Cards Against Humanity, all kinds of different stuff. And then, you know, but that way it's like they could go, hey, come on over. Like, my, my son plays, of course, guitar and everything. And He, he uh, literally plays like, everything. At any point. <laughs> yeah, like, at any point, though, if someone was like, hey, you want to jam? Like, literally, you can walk out here and you have a full-size stage to jam on. Yeah. Complete with lights, fog machine, you know, full sound system, martial amps, like set up, man. Right? So it's the kind of place that I made so that my kids would want to be home. Yeah. In other words, like their friends would want to come and hang out here. Oh heck yeah. And and that's how I grew up when when I grew up here in this house. It wasn't to the extreme it is now because I of course like amped it up a lot, but I remember all my friends wanting to come and play here because it was a safe place. We had a big yard. We had a pool. You know, I already got my fireworks for Fourth uh, of July. Like I'm oh, set, sweet. ready to go, and uh, got him a big pool this year. But I haven't set it up yet. But I mean, I'm always trying to get stuff for the family. You know, it's not like my man cave isn't like a normal man cave. It's not like I don't drink and stuff out there, doing that kind of stuff. So it's not a place I can't have my kid. Yeah. So, you know, I have, like, my Pac-Man machine out there and some other arcade machines, too. And then I got some slots just for 
fun, you know? Yeah. And then I got the pool table out there, so people like to play pool. And, you know, and then the crane machine for the kids and the punching machine for everybody. Because that's a really good one when you're pissed. Oh, yeah. You know, or even when my kids get mad at each other, I'm like, go hit the machine, see if you can break your record. <laughs> and, no, it's worked great. Oh, it is, actually. And also, it keeps their hands sore, too, so they don't want to hit each other. <laughs> Well, that that is actually true though. That that was actually one thing I learned in uh in therapy. Um, oh God, what's his name? The the guy oh, I can't remember his name, but uh, you know him, Beecher's dad, oh, my goodness. Billy and Beecher's dad. Oh yeah, yeah. This this older dude is so fit. Yeah, he well he was a boxer and he taught me. He's like when like he's a therapist, but he's he was a boxer. And he taught me, he was like, hey, he's like, when you're angry or frustrated and you got stuff you get out, he's like, go spar or go hit a punching bag. He's like, get that energy out. He's like, don't just let it boil up in you. He's like, go. Like boiling up in you. I got to go pee. (laughs) (laughs) Give me like a minute. I'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, the smallest bladder in the world. Dude, that was a long run for me, man. <laughs> that was fine. I just uh, had to go there. Oh, okay. The worst part was I had to climb over his bed. It was almost a bad idea. <laughs> you and so I don't want to R. I don't know. I don't want to R. Kelly my own kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Wyatt. You're 19. You can handle it. Huh? You're not going to need therapy. <laughs> You're going to need a shower for sure. I don't know what it is about you and the <laughs> furniture, but it always winds up something funny happening. I, I remember one time, this is a horrible story. I can't even bring this up. <laughs> then but, you definitely uh, need to say it. <laughs> we were at in California, and we were at your grandparents' place there, yeah. and we were being really loud. And, it was way too late. Everybody had had way too much caffeine yeah. and other stuff, you know. And uh, it's it's some one of those just, you know, like when you turn 12 again yeah. for a minute yeah. with, your, with, your, with your older friends and all of a sudden it's a fart fest. <laughs> you know, and then like people were using furniture for like getting scores. Yeah. I mean, it got to the point, I think somebody did a handstand and farted. And like it just got... It was just, just the most raunchiest, disgusting, but truly 100% male moment. <laughs> it was totally that a male I, moment. That I ever had with other guys. Ugh. Men are just, we're just gross, man. We are. Well, but in my theory, though, women are way, women are way more gross. So it's, just... it's funny because I used to, like, I grew up, like, my mom would, I grew up, like, three guys, my dad and my brother and I, and then my mom. So my mom was surrounded by testosterone and she would like try and curb it, you know, sometimes, but a lot of the times the guy stuff won out. But like I grew up with the idea that, you know, women are like pure and clean and, you know, all this other stuff that isn't true. And then I go on and meet some other women and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're just as filthy as I am. <laughs> oh, you know, you know, and I'm not saying that like derogatory. No, no, what I mean no. by women are, are more gross is that like, Listen, man, I've been a janitor at a uh, at a fitness club. 
Yeah. Let me tell you something, man. If you got to pick between them female locker rooms and the male <laughs> locker rooms, dude, you'll pick a male locker room all day long. Yeah. Women are gross. I have two. The stuff that. <laughs> I have two friends. And the thing is, they come out looking so nice, and you're just like, <laughs> one of you is a dirty bitch. I know. <laughs> I have two friends who worked at um, like a, a state park. And it wasn't like a primitive state park. Like, it had flushable toilets, and it was a nice place. It was like a lake, a state park in California. And they would, like, you know, Rochambeau each other to see who would get to, who would have to clean the women's room versus the men's room because they never wanted to clean the women's room. And I didn't believe them at first until they, like, finally went into detail and told me just how gross and awful it was they were like the worst the guys will yeah. do is pee on the seat they were like those are discussions i don't even talk about and, and like i'm not gonna repeat it because i was like i didn't believe him at first but then like after weeks of them telling me oh yeah this week i went in there and i had to do it and this happened and i was like are you freaking serious you found a cell phone in there Yikes. yeah so like people people are just gross it's not a men or women thing like some people are just really gross and not clean nah man women are grosser <laughs> <laughs> but here's why it's not their fault it's it's kind of not their fault right because they have stuff going on with them that we don't have to deal with and all of it's gross yeah and on top of everything that's gross about us pretty much they have that in addition to yeah so there's just a lot more work. To, there's a lot more work in hygiene when I guess when you're female than being male. So, it, of course, I guess it's going to be a grosser, uh, receptive area. I guess that's true. You know, but what I don't understand is just like when that garbage can gets to that edge, that's the top. <laughs> that is not. That is not the beginning of play. Who can make the highest poop mountain or whatever it is. It's not like it's the same thing at concerts. You know, you go to like a festival or something, and then yeah. you play that game where you try to guess which porta potty isn't like that. Yeah, you know, and you find yourself climbing a punk stuff. It's like third world country. Yep. But but even worse yeah. because you're inside a small capsule yeah. of it. Oh yeah. At least like in a third world country, you can walk outside a bush and just you know go. go. Yeah. But or or in the ditch. You did, know, you, whatever. did you did you do that when sewers. we were in Africa? Are you kidding me? I was so at home in that shit. I was like, hold up. There's a whole country where I can just shit and piss whenever I feel like it? Like, wherever? Just while I'm walking down the street, pick up a newspaper, take a crap? Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, I, I had no problems fitting in there. No. The only issue I had was they had that thing where, like, their men hold hands. Yeah. You know, and like I'm, I'm a very open person and everything. I'm a very physical person. Like I snuggle, I hug all my friends, and so that it wasn't like it was like way weird. Like I'm not like I don't have any gay phobia. Yeah. But the idea that you actually just kind of like skipping, like they were skipping, yeah. man. Though. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like if I was just like holding hands and walking, like, I might be able to yeah. pull that off as the right dude. Yeah. But dude, they were smiling and skipping like they were going <laughs> down like some happy meadow, like picking flowers, and it was. Just, I was like. I don't even get that happy when I hold a girl's hand. I'm sorry. It's too much. I have a picture of what I have a picture of when Joel was with us in Africa and in Ethiopia. And there was a worker at the hospital, like went up and grabbed his hand and like interlocked fingers as they're walking down the road. And I took a picture and Joel looks so uncomfortable. 
<laughs> but what great people though. The, oh, definitely. The greatest people on earth. Someone asked me a couple of days ago. They were like they were saying how like they went to hardest working people you'd ever meet. Yeah. Boy, do they get like such a bum rap in the states for how things really are. They do. You know how people here think that people over there are just a bunch of lazy, starving, you know, dumb people or something. It's just completely wrong. I mean, I've I've met people over there who had a home who they were so proud they even had a job, like a real job, like a good job, and had a little, you know, very modest home with like dirt floor, yeah. clean as shit, yep. like just clean. You know what I mean? Super. I and mean, you go to church over there, man. They still dress yep. you. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are people there living living in literal shacks, cardboard. Yep. But what's hilarious is they got cell phones. That just <laughs> <laughs> that blew me away. I was like, dang. Yeah. But then I was thinking, well, it's always warm though. Yeah. I guess if I was gonna be homeless, it's better than me when we were homeless back here in Michigan, <laughs> freezing our balls off in the winter. It didn't get below like eighty that when we were there, did it? It was so hot. Oh, no, it was like, I think the lowest it went at any point was maybe like 78 or something. Yeah, it was It was just constant hot humidity and sweat. Like, people say, like, people here in Houston will be like, oh, it's so hot and humid, and I'm like, Ghana is actually worse. Like, believe it or not, it's more humid and hot. Oh, no, that humidity, dude. Like, yeah, it's, it's the humidity. It gets humid here, but it was way more humid over there. Like, I remember, like, the first week, <laughs> we all stayed in the one room that had the quotes air conditioner. It basically just blew air around. There was like no Freon in it whatsoever. I I just sweat for like seven days straight. <laughs> I don't remember how gross I was, but that's probably because I blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> well, how, to be how disgusting. To be fair, you were sweating on the plane because you normally do on airplanes anyway. So I don't think you noticed a change. Maybe not. Like, especially after your whole... That, air- that flight's just too long. Yeah, especially after your whole... Well, you slept through most of the flight, but then you had the, the airport emergency in London. <laughs> really? <laughs> really, man? <laughs> My dad and I, will still joke about that, bring that up. <laughs> so in a, nut- in a nutshell, you know, we're traveling internationally. I'm a little nervous. Um, I imagine I feel slightly what it's like to be like a black American being pulled over by the white cop in the States. Cause it's like, I'm this like 100% Costa Rican guy, right? My name literally translates to John Smith, <laughs> right? And I'm trying to get over an international border, right? And I look like Java. So I am nervous as he- as can be. And these lines are so long. It took us, oh, it was hours. By the t- a couple hours to get up to where we were going to get finally get through, right? And I'm all amped up. Now I'm all amped up because I'm going to go through. And then I had to go take a crap. <laughs> and it was not one of those situations where you could just, like, I'm going to save that for you. <laughs> no, this was, this was a choice. You're either getting on that plane or you can get on the plane, but you're going to have crap down your leg and into your shoes. So I chose to run for the bathroom. And then, you know, it was, I literally held up that whole flight, I, I believe. We did, because 
my uncle Scott was at the door with like the people that were telling them they were going to close the door. And he was like, you can't leave without everybody else in our group. Like he held it for like 45 minutes. Was it that yeah, long? It was about 45 minutes. Yeah, man. He was like, there was, so there was no I other fight it. for like two days. Right. So after I had made this epic run to the bathroom, <laughs> which culminated with me kicking the door in and going, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what I you said. You told me, okay, you said Something you like, burst open the door and you said, gentlemen, this is an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And then I proceeded to be like, I need a stall. <laughs> and like this, this little, this little like Indian guy came running out of the stall real quick. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then, but then, you know, by the time I got back out, they put me to the back of the line and I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to make this flight. So eventually somebody voiced that I was with a group and it they my dad. skipped me in front of like about 70 or 80 yep. people. And then everybody got pissed. Dude, you want looks... You want looks of death? Get bumped in front of like 70 or 80 people on an international oh, no. flight. Going you through, get bumped in you know, front of angry like British people because they are not afraid to voice their opinion in disgust. Yeah, their food sucks on their planes. <laughs> give me a fish sandwich on a damn airplane <laughs> and a croissant. And then they called it breakfast. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, that, that, I, this would be a horrible dinner. It was terrible. I had like, that too. You gotta call it breakfast. <laughs> No, it was nasty. It was nasty. I I don't know. I just didn't. I, I'm not a big fan of Europe. I mean, it's not that. I don't know. It's just, it's poor. Everyone's angry. It's, I guess it's not much different than the <laughs> No, but like in contrast, Africa is way more hospitable. At least the places I've been when, you know, you and I went or when I went with everybody else to Ethiopia, like most of the people there, I mean, obviously there's going to be terrible people everywhere you go. People are going to want to try and like pick your pocket or, you know, mug you or whatever. But, you know. Oh, that was just San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Were you there when that guy? I remember distinctly my first time to San Francisco realizing, wow, what a shithole this city is. I'm literally walking over bums, (laughs) passed out in the streets, trying to get to this football game. Like, you don't even see that in Detroit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And they were comfortable. They were tanned and everything. They had some decent sandals on. <laughs> I guess like he's like, well, this is a wrap. This is where I'm laying. Like, and you just step over them. Yeah. God forbid you have a cigarette. <laughs> Jeez. Like, what are you doing smoking as they're stepping over this body? <laughs> were you there when uh, right my c- cousin Alicia, like, we were leaving the baseball game and someone tried to pickpocket her? Yeah. Okay, I thought you yeah, were there. Yeah, I saw that whole thing. Yeah, he was so quick. Yeah, and you would, yeah, and you and I were like, "Hey, he tried to pick her pocket." She's like, "I don't have anything. Like, I have nothing in my pocket." We're like, "Okay, good." He w- he was so fast though. He was such a pro, and he was so skinny. Yeah, like tried to grab him to do was just gone. Yeah, he like, oh, he was see people. He was it. He was like by the time it processed in our brains what had happened, he was disappeared. He was long gone. Yeah, it's weird, and I, I I've never even experienced that here in Detroit. I've never had anyone walk up and and, and try and do some shit like that. They just come you up know? with guns or like lead pipes. No, they usually ask. <laughs> it's the way it's the way they ask. You know, they're like, "Hey, man, can I have like five dollars?" 
<laughs> and you're like, well, you know, let me rephrase. <laughs> Can I have five dollars? You're like, uh, yeah, sure thing, no problem, man. Uh, don't worry, you don't have to pay me back. I wasn't like, you know, but now Jazz, Jazz and I actually lived in the real hood for a while, and um, it was a real eye opener. Oh, I'm sure. It's a real deep contrast okay. where, to where, American Where in black the hood culture. was this? Like, what part of Detroit? Like, what, what, everything, for those of you who've never been to Detroit. Anybody that would know Detroit, like, really know, yeah. really know Detroit and really know, like, the ghetto. If I told them I lived at Joy and Southfield. Yeah. That, that's, that's <laughs> in a Southwest, Detroit Southwest, right? Yeah. But when you tell them you used to eat lunch at McMurder's. <laughs> Anybody in that anybody in that neighborhood knows of McMurray's. You guys know what I'm talking about. Like this literally is this McDonald's where so many people have been shot and stabbed and murdered. They just called McMurders because <laughs> uh, I I didn't know it was called McMurders. I was just hungry. Like I went in there and I'm like, it, I went inside first of all. And it's like a half a gas station, half a McDonald's. Yeah, you know, so you can commit a crime, fill up your tank, get away. And <laughs> so you know, get it. Mounds bar, whatever you do, murder somebody. <laughs> I don't know what the murder therapy chocolate candy bar thing is, but whatever it is, you can get your choice. And I didn't know this, right? So I, I go inside and I order whatever I order, you know, five number nines or whatever it is. <laughs> and they hand me bags. Yeah. They don't hand me a tray. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking, well, that's kind of odd. Like there's tables. They always give you a tray, you yeah. know, with the paper and the you know, color of this little thing. and. So I sit down and I'm like, what? I'm like, why the hell they don't give you trays? That's strange. Finally, after like the second or third time there, I finally asked the guy. I was like, how come you guys like don't give anyone trays? He's like, oh, that's because sometimes people use them for weapons. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like people just walk around beating the shit out of each other at McDonald's. <laughs> like, it seems so. It seems so crazy, right? Yeah. But then after being there for a while and hearing more things that had happened there and shootings and different things, it was like, I would tell people that I ate lunch at McMurder's and they'd be like, wait a minute, you went inside? (laughs) They're like, people could see you through the window. They're like, you're not black. (laughs) And I'm like, what are you saying? They're like, dude, that's like putting up like the Christmas display at Macy. (laughs) (laughs) Putting a white target up in the... Because they don't know you're Hispanic. You look white as shit. They're like, they probably thought it was a trap. <laughs> because I don't get, I get no respect for the whole Hispanic thing. Because the other thing was, I was down there and my wife, I went into this party store. Only time I ever went into the party store and I didn't bring her with me. I left her in a car. Dude, I wasn't even there. Two minutes. I come out to the scariest and then turned out to be the funniest thing i've ever seen which was right next to my car rolls up this black escalade black tinted out right yeah and it's full of like cholo gangsters yeah right tatted necks tatted heads you know serious serious gangsters yeah and they're um playing but the funny part was as they open up the escalade they're playing like this fiesta mexican music yeah like it's a big party yeah like and like so me they see my wife jazz who's half mexican supposedly i don't know what she is she's a mutt but she's a cute mutt and they start like talking start talking to her and shit right 
So I come out, there's like five guys around my car, all obviously gang members. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, oh, shit. I don't want to get my ass kicked today. I just got a subway. <laughs> right? I'm like, damn it. So I'm like, how am I going to deal? Like, I can't bitch out. It's yeah. like in the hood, you can't just turn back. Like, that, that doesn't work. Yeah. You have to have man up and you got to be smart about it. And this is kind of interesting that we're doing this because this kind of thing can save your life. Having humor in bad situations, finding the good thing in a bad situation can save your life. Oh, definitely. And in this situation, my wife, dumb as shit, gets out her phone <laughs> and starts videotaping them talking to her as they're like, and I'm like, these guys, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they don't want her videotaping me. And then she yells loud. Now, I don't speak a word of Spanish, okay? So I'm like, the complete Spanish just suck ass, right? <laughs> she yells, hey, Juan, it's your people. <laughs> I, wa- I wanted to die at that point, <laughs> but I wanted to kill her first. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bitch, you're going out for that. That's, you went too far on that one. And they look at me, and I don't remember what happened, what I said. It was one of those, like, panic, piss your pants moments. Yeah. And I made some kind of, like, joke about me not being a real Hispanic because I couldn't speak Spanish. And, they, dude, they went for it. They laughed. Once I had them laughing... You know, it was a couple more quick-witted things to say <laughs> as I'm, like, trying to get look down in the car, like, put your phone down. <laughs> Scoot over. Let me get in the seat so I get the hell out of here. <laughs> you know? And then, and then I, you know, so I finally get in there, and I roll up the window, and I'm like, damn it, Jasmine. You trying to get me killed out here? Just, they weren't going to kill you. They had party Mexican music. Huh? <laughs> And I thought about it, and I was like, yeah, you're right. Probably too hard to commit a suicide to that. But it was funny because I expected to hear some, like, real thug shit coming out of this yeah. Escalade, and it wasn't. But um, Fiesta music or not, man, it was still scary. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. These are your people. <laughs> like, these are not my people. I don't even have people. It's <laughs> like... And that is quintessentially my wife right there. That's like, <laughs> take the most dangerous shit that you could be put in. And that's, she doesn't, that's not stuff. She got mad because we got cut off one time. Yeah. And she, had, she had a little road rage. Yeah. So she pulls over. Or she, no, I was driving. She's like, pull over. I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> now, this is early on before I knew what a crazy bitch she was at times. Right? So I pull over. And I, I back up. Now, we're in a courthouse, and I backed up there because I knew there was cameras. But I backed up in a certain way because I didn't have insurance on my car. That part of, of Hispanic, I am. <laughs> so, no insurance, right? I'm in an illegal place. And now my wife decides to open up a can on this guy. We have kids in our car, this and that. And a guy, like, says, calls her a bitch. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. She starts kicking his brand new car. Oh. And like kicking his door and cussing him out. And I'm like, oh, man. Now, I don't like fighting. No. 
right? I'm not a violent person. I don't even want to defend her at this point because she's being an idiot. But I can't, like, you know, because now he's so mad he's getting out of the car. Yeah. And he's threatening to kick her ass. So, but I, w- I wasn't getting out of the car. <laughs> I just didn't want I, Look, he got out. Here's the honest truth. He got out. It was a white dude in cracky shorts with, like, a plaid uh, short sleeve shirt yeah. and some damn flip-flops. Dude, I'm not beating a guy's ass in flip-flops. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's not even cool. He didn't ask for this shit. Like, he had a couple kids in the car, too, but whatever. So, I get out, and I do the best puffed-up acting job of all time. <laughs> I try to talk all good. I'm like, you, son. <laughs> I'm like, I suggest, I suggest you get your ass back in your vehicle. And he looks at me. I go, I'm going to ask you one more goddamn time. You can either get back in your car or I will kick the living shit out of you right here in this parking lot. Make your decision. And I go, just get in the fucking cars. <laughs> so he gets in his car, jazz and walks over. Now, she thinks I'm really hot, man. Like, I'm defending her, and she's all in that girl, like, gooey romance. Oh, he saved me. Yeah. I, as soon as that door shut, I was like, bitch, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Trying to get me in a fight with a guy with Birkenstocks on. This is, <laughs> like, it's wrong. I know this video camera's back. I'm like, I don't even have a legal plate. You're trying to get the cops called over here? Then I'm going to go to jail for your dumb ass? <laughs> so... That's the other thing. Now, I don't believe in defending women when they do dumb shit. <laughs> if you, listen, if you pick the fight, you fight the guy. I'm going to sit over here and chill. I'm going to have some nachos. I'll eat some nachos. <laughs> You'll eat some so, nachos to watch. Just like I tell my kids, you ever go to jail, don't you call me for no bail money because I ain't coming. <laughs> you know, like, that's where I keep it real. Don't you call me. You get in trouble, find another friend. <laughs> don't call me. Because my parents did the same thing to me, and it worked. <laughs> oh, you told me that. Yeah, I went to jail when I was 19 for just a couple of days in some podunk town in Michigan, but it was only for open intoxicants in a motor vehicle, but they put me in main population. Yeah. And I, that's when I realized what a bitch I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cut out for that shit. Out here in the streets, I can talk a game. I can look at things, I can, you know, whatever, but it ain't the same when you're in there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you got three other men in a space like the size of this room, like a 10 by 10 room. Yeah. And everything you do and smell and taste, it's just awful. You know? It's not even about, like, the violence in jail and things that sucks. It's honestly just that restriction. Yeah. That not being able to just have the freedom to go walk down the street or do what you want, I think, is what really makes it awful. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of other stuff happens, too, and that's why I can't go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so, I might as well put on some tavern shoes in the dress, man. I, uh... I've I've visited a friend of mine in jail several years ago. He was like one of those guys that just doesn't think. Either either he doesn't think or he thinks that he's never going to get caught. Like basically what happened was is like his sister called and said, "Hey, my brother's in jail. Can you drive me to the courthouse?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, what happened?" She's like, "I we'll talk about it later. Like I just need someone to drive me cuz you know, she's like crying and you know, she's like upset because her brother's in jail. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll take you over there. So we go visit him and <laughs> come to find out he like, his uncle was a drug dealer. Like everybody knew it was a small town in California in the mountains. So his uncle, everybody knew was a drug dealer. His uncle called him, Hey, come pick me up. So he came, went and picked up his uncle 
and drove him home, got pulled over on the way home, and his uncle had a duffel bag full of crystal meth in the trunk. And so he was charged as an accessory because he was driving the vehicle. A duffel bag? A duffel bag. Not... Of course, in Cal- of course, in California, that's like for personal use. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't like... <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like it was like a Ziploc bag or like a grocery... No, it was a big... Like, he told... Like, they all told me it was like a big black duffel bag. And, and like, I went to his court hearing and the judge was like, son... He's like, you're in a lot of trouble. And he's like, and for some reason, you don't think you are. And he's like, well, I didn't know it was there. And he was like, everybody in town knows your uncle sells drugs. He's like, don't tell. And I was like, when the judge knows, (laughs) come on. Yeah, man, you're you're done. And I, I visited him that one time. And I was like, so how is it? He's like, oh, it's not that bad. And I was like, dude, I'm not even in there. And I don't like it. I was like, how could you say it's okay? Well, you know, there are people that come from backgrounds where it's like, at least it's three meals a day on a roof. Uh, I, I, I didn't understand that. I was just like, I was like, man, I don't like, just like, it's, it's easier to not get into trouble like that. It's easier to like, I mean, like if someone I know is like slinging meth, I'm not going to be giving them rides anywhere. Sorry. Not, not only because like, I don't want to get pulled over with it in the car just because they're on meth. Like you don't know when they're going to like cut your head off and eat your like guts or whatever. Like people on meth have no, they don't think they just do whatever comes into their mind. And it's like always this terrible, horrible stuff. Yeah. That stuff's really bad. It's like, it's the worst drug on the planet. Like I can't even, ugh. I think there's a lot of things that are, that are bad that get like, that also don't get enough attention. You know, I mean, I know they're finally really getting on opiates and stuff like that, but, man, this opiate epidemic thing has been a problem for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've known so many people that are addicted to pills. and Yep. You know, and they can still get them. It's crazy. I don't know. It's getting more difficult and more difficult, but, yeah. I mean, that stuff, you're just playing with fire, man. Yeah. Well, you know, and it can be for anything. People get a broken bone. They get, like, 10 Vicodin. And they don't realize how addictive some of that stuff. Not for everybody. I'm not saying it is for everyone, no, but, but for some people, dude, one, uh, two Vicodin, dude, they're hooked, dude, hooked. Yeah. Because it's such a, it's, it's. I don't know, just something with the chemistry. That's why I just absolutely refuse to use any kind of opiates. Yeah. That's that's not. For I me. don't do it either. I had to. I went into the hospital three years ago or four years. No, two or three years ago. I don't remember. It was two or three years ago, and um. I had like a really bad problem in my small intestine. They couldn't figure out what was wrong, but they put me on morphine, which really didn't do anything. Like it barely took the edge off, but it was just such severe pain. So then they discharged me and they were like, here, we're going to give you some Vicodin. And I just didn't even take it. I was like, I don't want to take it. And the reason I didn't take it was because several years before I had messed up my back really, really bad. And my grandpa takes Percocet, like two, three, four Percocet a day. And good. I'm not kidding. He's got really bad back, but like he's become so dependent on it and so addicted to it. And I've seen him like progressing that problem, but like I was in so much pain. So he's like, here, just take one of these and you'll be fine. I took one and he gave me a couple because he has like bottles of it. And like he gave me one 
And I felt so good that like I fell asleep, woke up the next day, and I took the pills over to my aunt's house and I said, Take this, give it back to your dad. Like I was like, Don't ever let me take anything like that again. And she was like, Well, why? Like, did it help pain? And I was like, I have never felt that good before. I was like, I want to feel like that all the time. I was like, I woke up and I was like, I'm going to take two of those. And I was like, I honestly, I was like, I could take, I wanted to just stay in that state. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could see how someone could just very, very easily become so dependent on that. Yeah, they're all really strong too. Yeah. We we covered a lot. We got away from the whole kids thing, but I mean, really, this podcast is more about than just one our one our topic. It's just about us sharing our uh, sharing our opinions and thoughts and stories and stuff. But a uh, yeah, it'll be interesting too to see, you know, what people want to hear about. Actually, yeah, that's one thing. If you're all out there are listening, um, hit us up. I'm gonna. At the end of the show, I'll... Or if you just want some really straight, honest commentary <laughs> on something that maybe... That is true. Uh, you're having a problem getting some clarity about, you know, we might be the people to go to. Uh, I mean, not saying we're right or wrong, but can't say I won't be straight with you, that's, that's for, sure. for sure. If he's that straight with his kids, imagine he'll just tell you whatever he thinks. And, hey, you know what? At the end of the show, uh, actually hit us up in the show description, and you can find contact information in there. Um Neither of us are very big into social media, FYI, but uh, we'll probably be starting up something just so people can keep in touch with us if you want to reach out to us because we'd love to, you know, you know, interact with people. This isn't just us talking about what we're thinking, you know, like this is a, a platform for us to, you know, share our thoughts and whatever and whatnot. But, you know, it'd be cool to hear back, you know, people wherever y'all are listening. I'm sure somebody out there is from, you know, some other part of the world. And especially too, even if you have a, uh, an opposing view, you know, I, I want to know what, why you would come to certain ways of thinking or whatever you think. And, uh, because I don't, I'm not the kind of person that necessarily needs everyone to agree with me because if you did, we'd probably all not be doing too well anyways. Cause I don't always make, the, I mean, let's face it. Nobody's perfect. People make mistakes and yeah, nobody's perspective is pure. Yeah. And ever, everybody you know, has so, perspective yes. and everyone's entitled to have their own perspective and that's perfectly fine and reasonable. As long as it doesn't uh, involve hurting me in, in any way. <laughs> well, we won't give out your because, address. Uh, like we, <laughs> well, no way, man. No way, man. If you're thinking they're going to come over here and have clowns. <laughs> Yeah, uh, actually, we're planning on setting up a really huge Nerf course. Oh, sweet! Complete with like tunnels and obstacles, towers. Yeah, towers? for the summer. Yeah, a couple towers. Just we're designing a couple towers. I need to I need for to so we can play teams. Oh yeah, you got to come out. I got to make a trip point. out there. I was thinking earlier today. I was like, oh, I'd love to get you and your family to come down here. But then I'm like, man, six flights. He ain't gonna do that. <laughs> no, no, couldn't do it anyway. Besides. Like, my wife's never even been to the bridge. <laughs> All right? Can you believe that shit? <laughs> she didn't know what the Mackinac Bridge was. Oh, my goodness. Does she know so that like, you're that close to Canada? Uh, yeah, she knew that because uh, she had family that gambled in Windsor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before the casinos came to Detroit. <laughs> 
Which, by the way, if you don't know, the only thing nice in Detroit is the casinos. The rest of it's shit. Yeah, so, there's the casinos, the and there's that, the Greek restaurant by the casinos, and that's about it. Yeah, they're all all owned by the same people. But I mean, the thing is that, like, if you think that a casino is going to come to your city and make it better, no, <laughs> it ain't doing shit. <laughs> Detroit is done, man. <laughs> this this city, this city will never come. And I mean, I know people hate. When people say, oh, what are you doubting me? Listen, man, there's a time when you just call it a rap. <laughs> like, I live down there, right? It's it's not even scary. Detroit's not even scary for those of you uh, anymore because there's just no people. Yeah. Everybody moved out. Oh, yeah. There's no there's no copper left to take. There's, no, <laughs> there's nothing. There's not even houses, man. It's just leveled. It looks like Detroit in certain areas looks like what you would think a movie would look like when they're like, 40 years ago, this was a great city. I mean, that's exactly what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Detroit, in, in all honesty, Detroit looks like at a, you know, something you would see in like a divergent movie or novel or something like that or the Hunger yeah. Games. It's like, I remember we were driving through. It's it's big like acreage, right? Yeah. But the, the usable part of the city is about five square blocks. Yeah. The rest of it, it's just an abandoned wasteland. I mean, like full-size trees growing out of houses. I lived on a block where there was only two standing houses. And the other one was one house next door to us, which was a trap house. If you don't know what a trap house is, I guess that's good. <laughs> Google it. But uh, you don't want to live next to one. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Look that up. I've, I've but, been through, like, the worst parts of Detroit. We drove through one time with Joel, and Joel was driving. We were driving down the street, and Joel was literally out the window pointing, going, abandoned building, abandoned building, crack house, liquor store, liquor store, abandoned building, abandoned building, liquor store prostitute crack house liquor store liquor store abandoned building gangsters crack house liquor store abandoned building I mean, it was like that for miles yeah you couldn't even get the police wouldn't even come in our neighborhood <laughs> no seriously you call 911 for i called for an ambulance they wouldn't even come i believe told me to, to get to get my wife in the car she was like having heart issues even and they were like get her in a car and drive her and that's what i had to do i mean it was, it was i was like are you serious like they wouldn't they wouldn't even send police to our neighborhood because we were we were tucked behind this uh, really renowned like famous project, mm-hmm. and it was a very very heavily secured and guarded project for drug trafficking. So even for us to get to our neighborhood, we had to get accepted and kind of like get a pass to drive through this project. Because there's like scouts on on the corners of the buildings and everything, watching everything. And the police had like a one of those like tank yeah. battle things. Yeah. That was outside the neighborhood about three blocks. So anytime they, the police did even come to enter the neighborhood, they only came in in that. Oh, my goodness. Like, like straight up military, you know, like yeah. tank looking thing with a big battering ram on it and all that. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was nuts. But, uh, you know, it just makes you more thankful. Yeah. You know that. But it's sad because like a lot of people in those places, that's all they know. They think that's America. They don't even go outside their neighborhoods because no. it's too dangerous. They can't jump the next neighborhood based on what gang activities there, who they're, you know, who they're with or whatever. So you literally, they kind of like, in a way, force themselves to stay contained. Yeah, and that's See, they're not they're not free to roam because it's too dangerous to, to cross that other. Not free to roam and not free to like escape or grow or make some, you know, make some better, make make themselves better like they may want. Yeah, Detroit is one of these weird cities where for the longest time it was like I grew up on 8 Mile for a little while. A couple of years lived on 8 Mile. And like one side 8 Mile was white, the other side 8 Mile was black, and you didn't cross. 
believe me, you didn't do it. And, and very rarely did anyone else cross. And, and it wasn't even just black and white. It was like we had, like, our block. Yeah. And all the kids from our block, like, we, we watched our block, but we couldn't go on the next block. Because those kids, you know, and we saw stuff down there even that we shouldn't saw, you know, shootings and, and fights and people getting beat down, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, it wasn't Michigan. And that just, was just Pat. I mean, that was just my sister. <laughs> yeah, my brother. So. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so whatever you uh wherever you want to go with this, just let us know. Yeah. Uh we'll, we'll we won't mind some input, some suggestions. We'll take creative discretion over whatever comes in. You know, we just like to keep in touch with people. Uh yeah, please bear with our uh learning curve here. This is the first one. And yeah. Uh so yeah, this will be it for the first episode and a uh yeah. If you want to say goodbye, Juan, go for it. Hope you all have a great day or evening, whatever you're doing, working out, riding, bike, whatever you're doing. Have you all have a fantastic time. Yep, and uh, just remember with everything you do, enjoy yourself in the moment. You know, plan for the future, but, but live where you're at and be thankful for everything you do have because it can be gone. Definitely. That's, that's really that's good words of wisdom from a good man. All right. Uh, we're signing off. So grab yourself a fat chick and don't feel bad. <laughs> signing off. Listen, I, I've, I've been saying, oh, well, I guess, well, in closing, uh, about saying that, like, I love fat chicks. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just saying, what? Oh, shit. My wife heard me. <laughs> shit. She's a fat chick, though. But she's P-H-A-T. That's what I tell her every time I call her fat. Try that, guys. You can slip up. You still get to call him fat ass and shit. <laughs> But then you just throw it in the end. It's like, well, yeah, baby, but you P-H-A-T, you know. <laughs> then you just, like, mumble and you press your bed. <laughs> Where's my dumb kids? Have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs> See you later. Bye. <laughs>